0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, patients, families, colleagues, and curious folk to the PM&R Report. Our podcast is brought to you by the University of Texas at Houston in conjunction with McGovern Medical School and TIRR Memorial Herman, Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation. We bring you another segment of medical explanation, reviews of current literature, expert opinions, debates, and just plain interesting stuffs.
1: Good morning everyone. My name is Saleh Sheik. I'm a UT Houston PM&R resident, PGY3, here with Dr. Rianan, one of our distinguished faculty. Uh, Good morning, Dr. Rianan. Would you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, what you do uh, in Houston?
2: Good morning. Uh, Thank you for having me. I am a geriatrician and I um, take care of patients, geriatric, geriatric patient in the acute care for elders unit and Memorial Herman. I also um, have an osteoporosis clinic at the Center for Healthy Aging, and uh, where I see patients who are referred for their bone health problem, either osteoporosis or if they had a fracture um, or they have been on a medication that can actually um, worsen their bone health or their concerns, their PCPs send them to me and I take care of them and that's one of my passions.
1: Great, thank you. So, so you work primarily here in the medical center?
2: That is correct.
1: Okay. And you said clinic. Do you also do inpatient?
2: I do inpatient um, mainly in the Memorial Harmon Acute Care for Elder Unit, which is the geriatric word. And I do outpatient, that is uh, osteoporosis care. Okay. Uh, my outpatient is my osteoporosis clinic.
1: So the grand rounds today was about osteoporosis and how MNR can collaborate with. Uh... Primary care providers, such as yourself. Yes. Um, Yes. So in your osteoporosis clinic, how do patients usually end up, end up there?
2: Uh, most of them are referred by their primary care doctors. I also get patients from the stroke rehabilitation clinic when they come in and. One of your rehabilitation doctors um, can find out that they have had a fracture or had a bone density test and um, they need care. I get the referrals from there and I appreciate that. Sometimes from orthotrauma services um, or family medicine or internal medicine. Some patients are self-referred. Their friends would tell them or their family members were taken care of in my clinic and they will come or I am also an ambassador in the um, uh, leadership team for uh, Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation, which used to be called National Osteoporosis Foundation. So when they Google, they find my name there as one of the specialists for osteoporosis and they come. Um, My clinic number is 713-486-5150 in case anybody wants to schedule any appointment. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Great. Um, Is there any additional uh, medical training like a fellowship or, Something you have to do to be able to provide the care you do,
2: yes, um before that, I just want to clarify that my clinic is for fifty years and older as a geriatrician, I take care of patients with bone health older than fifty years uh yes, yeah, so I actually was a um graduate assistant when I started taking started learning about bone. I was working in an NASA project where I was doing bone measurements um as in astronauts, cosmonauts, or the bed rest controls for the astronauts, um, and I learned how robust young men going to space losing bone. Then I learned how postmenopausal women were losing bone, uh, for uh, in the same out with the same outcome, but for different reasons. That's how I got interested in it. And during my geriatric fellowship, I trained with Dr. Bob Giggle, who. Um, Uh, Is nationally known for osteoporosis, um, and um, he has had, he's just retired, uh, osteoporosis clinic in MD Anderson, and they continue that. They have osteoporosis clinic there, and I modeled my clinic after his clinic, actually. So I, I rotated there for a month, and, of course, I did research, and I continue to do research on osteoporosis, and now with 10 years of experience with osteoporosis, my own osteoporosis clinic.
1: Wow. So, so geriatric so
2: fellowship and specific training. Yes.
1: Very involved in the field. Very interesting. All right. So I'm sure you see a lot of uh, patients with osteoporosis and fractures. Um, what What are a couple things that uh, you see commonly that maybe you wish you could go back in time and get the patient to do a couple things, maybe 10, 20, 30 years before they arrive in your clinic?
2: very good question um you know when by the time i see the patients they are way in advance into their diseases most of the time we as i mentioned in uh, my grand round we uh, start we reach our peak bone mass in our 20s or 30s so when we are younger than that to have optimized nutrition to um, uh, to uh, do exercise build good bones uh, is very important Another thing is genetics. If we know that genetically we are prone to osteoporosis, then we should um, try to find out what are the things I need to do to maintain good bone health early on. Um, And then once we start losing after the age 30, uh, make sure the vitamin D level is okay. And weight-bearing exercise, walking is the best exercise we can do. And walking can improve so many other health. Uh, other aspects of health so i recommend that we start being active physically active and uh, be new, eat nutritious food just so well a uh, healthy lifestyle is very important uh, to right. oh. prevent future bone loss oh i wanted to just add that i with my dissertation research we found out that patients or people who exercise all lifelong is they will have better bone at, a, at an older age compared to those who did exercise in their 20s and stopped, or did exercise in their midlife and stopped. Yet we see positive impact of exercise whenever you start. Even if you are not physically active until you were 60s, in your 60s, it's okay that you did not build until now, but it still has a good impact. So we should start exercising at any point in our life.
1: I see so what you're saying it's never too late to start.
2: Never too late to start.
1: All right, let's dissect some of the information in that last statement. Uh you said walking is the best type. Do we know uh what other types of weight-bearing ex- exercise or exercise for patients that cannot weight bear are beneficial in building and maintaining bone density?
2: So if you cannot walk, then uh, we do have other uh, exercise with the use of machines for uh, arm, or uh, upper arm, um, weight bearing and resistance exercise as much as you can. Even if you cannot walk, if you are lying down like the astronauts do um, and uh, even bench pressing, it requires probably a trainer, however that is useful. Um, A lot of people ask me yoga and swimming. Yoga can improve Muscle strength, that improves balance, that that improves fall, and so, of course, uh, helps in prevention of fracture. Swimming, on the other hand, can build endurance and muscle strength, but because it is not weight-bearing, research did not show much improvement on bone. That is still going on. So those are the um, uh, kind of activities for people who are um, not able to walk, uh, I would say, try to do.
1: Okay. And you mentioned the uh, role of good nutrition. Yes. Further on that.
2: So uh, nutrition mainly that comes to mind right away when you think about bone is, of course, vitamin D is one of the uh, nutrients that we want to be optimized. For patients with uh, bone health problem, their vitamin D level needs to be above 30 And um, so, but in community dwelling, you will see the recommendation is 20. So just because you have 20 and you think you're fine, think about your bone and talk to your physician. And if you um, have any problem or bone loss, then you better talk about increasing it to 30. So supplementation. Um, uh, And calcium in older adults, um, it's kind of a balance. If you are taking calcium from your diet, you can supplement the rest of the amount that you are not uh, taking from your diet. So you need about 1200 to 1500 milligrams a day. A, a glass of eight ounce glass of milk gives you 300 milligrams of calcium. And it's any kind of milk. So if you're taking, hypothetically speaking, two glasses of milk, which we do not do usually, then you're taking 600, supplement the 600. Don't take 1200 as a supplement because extra calcium can be again detrimental. We have coronary calcification, we talk about cardiovascular, Um, or if you have any other problem with calcium. So talk to your physician about how much calcium do you need to make sure you have enough. And uh, of course, muscle building, bone uh, building, and um, if you have diabetes to make sure that you are taking enough. Of what you need without increasing your blood sugar. So those are balanced and it's very individualized. So I refer patients to nutritionist if needed, or we just talk about what their daily diet is like so that we can um, individualize their uh, supplementation. Greens, broccolis, um, any kind of dairy, cottage cheese, which has protein and less carbohydrate and yet uh, some calcium, cheese, those are good sources for um, bone health nutrition. Magnesium is another supplement that comes with calcium. Oftentimes, there is a combination of zinc, magnesium, calcium together, and you can take those as well.
1: Okay, that's good. In addition to uh, the wonderful foods you mentioned, uh, the supplements, uh, are there. Is there any evidence for um, over-the-counter supplements that help building and maintaining? Oh. Bone density? All of
2: these supplements, all of these supplements that I have mentioned, calcium and vitamin D, they are available over the counter. Um, I cannot recommend a type or brand uh, because there are so many, but make sure for the vitamin D, when you buy the supplements, um, the prescriptions are usually D2, but you can buy D3 for the supplements. And calcium comes in many forms. Um, Some patients with calcium carbonate forms, have problem with digestion, then you can take calcium citrate forms. And these are all available over the counter. Just read and see what the amount is in them.
1: All right, very good information. Okay, Um, what type of uh, common misconceptions do you see with patients or with providers that don't have the extra training you have uh, related to osteoporosis? What do you often see uh, in patients and other providers? That, um...
2: So, um, from patients, they will have a hip fracture, they will go to the hospital, they will come out of the hospital and they will not know that they have osteoporosis. They think the fracture has been healed with surgery, so they do not need any medication. That is a misconception. Osteoporosis is a chronic disease. Once you have it, you have to maintain, uh, you can be on and off medication, but you need care lifelong um and you have to coordinate that with other chronic diseases because those can also affect bone loss like hypertension diabetes so in some primary care doctors who are not knowledgeable yet because we have not educated them yet um do not know that certain medications can help patients with improving or the improving bone health or certain medications can be detrimental the common one we know is steroid that everybody knows but there are medications um antidepressants, SSRIs, pioglitazone for um, diabetes can be detrimental to bone health. And we need to pay attention to those. And oftentimes our primary care doctors are not trained on that. Also taking bisphosphonate not more than five years at at a time and to check bone health, to give drug holidays, not all primary care doctors are are trained on that. That's what we need to pay attention to. So it's important to talk to a specialist and I communicate with them. Also, if a patient has CKD or chronic kidney disease or end stage renal disease, what medication is appropriate for them? Those are the information that are often missing and I help, um, I'll help. i be able to help if anybody has any question and that's um, what we need to do.
1: Great, all right, thank you. I know we're running a little short on time. I'll, I'll end with this this last question. Um, in an ideal world, what would be the best way for geriatricians like yourself and pm to collaborate um, within the scope of osteoporosis prevention and care?
2: I would like us to communicate through our note, like I mentioned. That's how we communicate in the real world. Um, however, talking to each other, uh, mentioning what risk we found in our patients and our concerns so that we can have the best discharge plan from inpatient or if it is outpatient referral and communicate based on what we have assessed in our patient so we can come up with a shared decision plan that we make with our patient to prevent a future fracture.
1: All right, I like it. Okay.
2: Thank you so thank much. You so,
1: thank you, Dr. and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us
2: today. Thank you for the great information. You.
0: I would like to make it clear that we make every effort to broadcast correct information. We will double check facts and assertions, but we do ask our listeners to realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and an art. One physician may have an entirely different way of doing things from another, and any views expressed are solely those of the person expressing them. We welcome any comments, suggestions, and correction of errors. We do not accept any money, services, or sponsorship otherwise from pharmaceutical, supplement, or device companies. By listening to this podcast or reading this blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you may be treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast or blog. Under no circumstances shall McGovern Medical School, any guests or contributors to the podcast or blog, or any employees, associates, or affiliates of UT Health be held responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast or blog. We are here to stimulate the dialogue. We are here to get the wheels spinning. We are here to spark new questions in the field of medicine. Thank you for listening.